Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. Everybody, Dee, Kathy, Kirk, Mary, Eric, Hope, thank you. Thank you for being here Wednesday, February 3, 2021. Grapes of thorns, figs of thistle, the needed revival of character. What a day. What a day we're going to have today. And I'm happy you're here. Thankful that each of you take the time to be a part of this. This is the morning devotion drill. It's our aerobic exercise. Follow the page, like the page, share the page. Do 12 reps of that and there's just no telling what will happen. Amen. I don't know. Someday I may share with you how these morning devotions have altered my life, changed me in the practical realm, of course, just how I schedule the day, and but also in the relational realm, the spiritual realm. These are moments, precious, precious moments that we can gather together. And so thank you for being. Gene, it's good to see you. We've been praying for you. Ronnie was a great, great, great man, well-loved, and thank you for being such a faithful wife to him. And each of you, all of you, have your own trials and valleys that you go through, things that you're facing. And this is a place that we can come and just encourage one another. This is my small group. That's it. This is my small group that's growing ever larger and ever more committed to seeing the kingdom of heaven be magnified in all of our lives. But today, today, we are moving into a challenge area and we're moving out of our normal morning devotion aerobics of like, share, follow the page. We're going into a challenge area and I think you'll wanna share this with others because this is an area in which all of us can use some help. The grapes of thorns, figs of thistles, a needed revival of character. There are times when things just sweep over me. I say to myself, somebody should say something. Somebody should do something. And I wait for someone to say something and do something. And the moment passes. Have you ever been there? I sort of feel that way now. Ezekiel carried a burden for the sins of Israel and Judah. And I feel in a similar way. And I think we all have that we carry a great burden for the sins of our nation. And uh, we love our nation, but there's been many failures. You've read in the book on prayer, my message to America, that we will either experience revival or ruin one or the other. And my prayer and my hope and my belief is that there is coming a great revival and awakening, and it's already happening and swirling around us right now. But what God cares more about than a nation is the church, his people. And what we know about this present moment is that God is allowing this nation to go through some great trials, I believe, to help God's people return to him. We're in such a moment that rather than railing against politicians who do what politicians have always done, and rather than railing against the coarsening media and the entertainment industry, rather than railing against the hypocrisy and failings of others, rather than our railing, let's talk about our failing. I don't believe it takes any great genius, no spiritual insight to point out what's wrong with others. But the real test of character 
is that remarkable transparency to say, whoops, I have really messed up here. I've blown it. Since all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and since all have sinned, and all is a very inclusive word, all must mean me and you. Uh, you can just go ahead and tell somebody on the morning devotion, he's talking about you, probably not me, but talk about you. Someone needs to talk about it because I believe we're moving into a season of the revival, the rebirth, and the resurgence of character. I believe integrity is on the rebound of being real, getting real, getting transparent. It's going to be required. I think it's good to take a long, hard look at ourselves and say, there's room for improvement. I want to grow in character. I want to grow in integrity. I want to be, I want to live an authentic life. A metaphor for character in scripture is the tree. The righteous flourish like a palm tree. We grow like a cedar of Lebanon. The righteous are always compared to evergreens. That the right roots will bear the right fruits. It's a picture of character. The right roots. Having our roots down deep in the Lord Jesus Christ. That real, that inward authentic self. What the Bible calls the inward man of the heart or the inner man who we are when no one sees. Integrity is related to character, slightly different. Integrity is the consistency between who we are and what we do. It's a wholeness. It's an entirety. It's completion. That who we are will be seen. That roots bring fruits. It's in that final seventh chapter of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus talks about judgment. He said, judge not lest you be judged. And we need to know that. We need to know that within every one of us is a little judgy voice and a little judgy nature, some more than others. You don't believe it? Well, you just get out on the road. One, one comedian once said, have you ever noticed that everyone driving slower than you is an idiot and everyone driving faster than you is a maniac? In other words, each driver believes what they're doing is right and best and everybody else. They judge them wrong. Oh, that was rough. Wow, that was rough. Tessie's over there right now. She's probably commenting. She's. I'm going to block her comments right now. She's probably talking about my driving right now. I think I just preached myself under conviction. We may have to stop this morning devotion for a timeout for repentance, a station break for a mercy, uh, calling on mercy. We judge, yeah, we judge. But Jesus said, watch out for that because our judging others, it's a magnet. It invites judgment. We don't know why others do what they do, what their motives are. We can't judge that. We struggle with figuring out why we do what we do. So beware of judging others. That's how the seventh chapter of Matthew begins. While self-judgment is important, it's important that you can tell the real from the false. Jesus is saying, don't judge others, judge yourself. Look at your own self. Don't, don't judge the moat in somebody else's eye. Get the beam out of your own eye. But then he says, you do need to be able to discern between the real and the false. Later in that same passage, he says, beware of false prophets, wolves in sheep's clothing. And it's in this that he says, you shall know them by their fruits. He, he said, you don't get grapes from thorns. Jesus said, figs don't come from thistles. Bad fruit doesn't come from good trees and good fruit doesn't come from bad trees. By their fruits, Jesus said, ye shall 
know them. And can I just stop and just say, let me just say, when he uses the, the words thorns and thistles, he is describing, you go back to Genesis and you're going to find when the earth was cursed, it was cursed with thorns and it was cursed with thistles. So this is not by accident that Jesus uses that, that you can't get grapes out of thorns and you can't get figs out of thistles, that our sinful man in it dwelleth no good thing. It's not going to produce good fruit. You've got to lay the ax to the root of that thorn bush. You've got to lay those thistles low so that something good can be sown in your life. By their fruits, Jesus said, you shall know them. You're going to know whether they're real or false. Another translation says, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, oh boy, get ready, so you can identify people by their actions. I think that's important in our day and age and in our nation's history. Word of the Words are the fruit of our lips. And that fruit comes from the inner man. As we think in the heart, so are we. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's a direct link between who we are and what we say. And there's also a direct connection between who we are and what we do. The roots are connected to the fruits. Why am I saying this? I believe we need to be fully cognizant in this day and age that words and actions are revelations of character, that there's an integration, a connection between our inward man and outward man. When someone rants on Facebook, then pulls it down, says later, I was just venting. I didn't mean that. They may believe that, but few others will believe that because Jesus noted a good tree doesn't put forth bad fruit. You, you offer up thorns and thistles and expect us to believe you're a grapevine or a fig tree. But that's not how it works. It's perhaps the most remembered line in Dr. King's I have a dream speech giving at the Washington Mall. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Here we are nearly 60 years later, and we don't live in that nation that he envisioned. In fact, some would even doubt that it's any more than a dream that we'll ever get there, that we could look at everyone and not see their skin color, not judge them on their skin color, but to base our judgment on the content of their character, that base our judgment on their fruits. I want it to be that way. But that dream has never seemed so far away in my lifetime than what it does right now. You and I, we, we can't do anything about our ethnicity, our race, our skin color, how we were born. We were born that way. What race we are, how we view race, though, how we process that differences, perhaps in this time, reveals much more about our character than anything else. Predetermined stereotypes, hidden biases, open prejudices. Yes, America, as every nation in this world, needs a fresh baptism of character. We can't do things about the color of our skin, but we can do something about the content of our character. And I think we are in a character growth movement, a needed revival of character. Oh, can I get a witness? Hey, Vaughn, it's good to see you. Kim, thank you for all you did Sunday, Yolanda. We need a 
We need a baptism of character. It was years ago, Glenn and Pat Jones. Hey guys, if you're out there, give me a thumbs up. They're always part of our morning devotion group. Glenn and Pat happened upon a book sale up in East Texas and they it was a minister's library, and they brought me a uh, bought me a few of the books as a sampling, and and they were so good. My dad actually got in the car and went up and bought the whole lot of several hundred books for me. Wow, that was pretty amazing. A minister's library. Thank you, Glenn and Pat. One of the books you got was called "The Twelve Tests of Character." It was written by Harry Emerson Fosdick, the pastor of Riverside Church in New York City. The man, Dr. Martin Luther King, said was the greatest preacher of the 20th century. He wrote a series of articles on the 12th test of character for a major magazine. And in each of them, he said, character can be reduced to how you answer 12 questions. Not gonna go through all 12 questions. I am gonna mention five today. Are you ready? Here we go. Question number one, your test of character. Can I keep first things first? It was in 1 Kings 20, a soldier was commanded to guard a prisoner. And he said, as I was busy here and there, the prisoner escaped. We get involved with the secondary and the primary goes lacking. Can you keep first things first? It's a test of character. There was a late preacher, uh, Vance Havner. He he told a story. I think he even had a book. Uh, where he used this as a title of a book, that an elderly man was traveling in South Africa and watched some boys shooting marbles. And upon closer exam- examination, he realized they're not using marbles. They're using rare diamonds. They were playing marbles with diamonds. And I think we do that. We waste our talents, our energies, our time on the trivial, and we squander our time, something so precious. Was in a village outside of Switzerland or in Switzerland, a clockmaker made a large iron clock and against its iron face, he put hands of solid gold. And they asked him, why did you put such expensive hands on a clock made of iron? And he said, because time is golden. How do you spend your time? Only one life. So soon it will pass. Do you spend time in prayer, the word of God? Do you spend time in relationships that do matter? What what can you do to make first things first? I, I think you need to prayerfully write out your priorities, prayerfully lay them before God, prayerfully learn to say no to the good so you can say yes to the best, prayerfully schedule your days. If you don't, someone else will. Prayerfully kick out the time wasters. You'll never bat a thousand in this area. You'll never score a hundred, but give it your best. Do your best. Can you keep first things first? There's a second question, one that was a favorite of my pastor. Question number two, a test of character. Can I keep a right spirit? Can I keep a right spirit? It's no law, the law of restitution. Somebody took it from me. I'm going to take it back. Restitution is prescribed in the Old Testament for all manner of things. Oxen, fields, manslaughter, murder, kidnapping, rebellion, the loss of unborn children. The general law went like this. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. You hurt me, I hurt you back. (laughs) Boy, does that sound familiar. That sounds like the world in which we live. Paul, though, gives us a different strategy in Romans 12. He said, overcome evil 
with good. That's a more excellent way. The winning strategy is to forgive. Father, forgive. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Two things rob us of our chance to see God, unholiness and friction with mankind. Three words, hear me carefully. Morning devotion, are you ready? Three words, get over it. There. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Trenton, Winnie, Winnie, Lonnie, thank you. Thank you for hanging in this long of morning devotion. Question number three. You ready? Here we go. The test of character. Am I content? You say that's a strange question, but I, I can't explain it. People with integrity, people with character have an inner peace and happiness. They've found contentment. This world is a, is a lonely, miserable place. Sleep clinics abound. Divorce courts are full. People scrambling for one thing or another. It's a miserable place. I read a story a, year, a few years ago called The House with Golden Windows. A poor farmer lived on the edge of a deep, rocky gorge. When the sun rose in the morning, he would look across the gorge and see a house on the other side, and that house had golden windows. And he thought, how much better it would be to live on the other side of the gorge and live in that house with golden windows. How lucky those people are. Finally, he couldn't stand it any longer. One morning he arose, carefully picked his way down the rocky side of the gorge, climbed to the other side. It was evening by the time he made it up. When he climbed over the edge, he just saw a plain, ordinary house. He knocked on the door and asked the owner, where's the house with golden windows? And the owner pointed across the gorge back to the farmer's house. He said, there it is. And sure enough, the farmer's very own house was illuminated with the rays of the setting sun, the house with golden windows. During this pandemic, bad habits are on the rise. I read an article two days ago that smoking is increasing, drinking, drug use, Bad driving. Oh my. There I go again. There I go again. Listen, godly people are contented people. And contentment is not an address. It's not a place. It's a decision. It's a viewpoint. It's a perspective that our happiness comes from how we see things, how we view them. Do you know that fog that seems so thick is really nothing more than just a minuscule amount of water vapor? In fact, condense the moisture in one city block of thick fog. You'll only have a half cup of water. Tyndale once said a bucket or two of water whipped into a cloud can obscure an alpine peak. The heights of life are hidden by little things. Contentment comes from saying, I just believe that God's got this worked out. And that contentment will reveal itself in our behavior, our friendships, our habit. Paul said, I have learned to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. We should enroll in the school of contentment and learn to be a person of character. And it will be revealed by our happiness and contentment. Okay, review. I've asked you three questions so far. Can I keep first things first? Can I keep a right spirit? Am I content? Two more, then I'll wrap this up. 
Here's a fourth question, a fourth test of character. Am I obedient? For the thousands of books of self-help and leadership out there, you're not going to find many on how to be a servant. Paul said of Jesus, he made of himself no reputation. He humbled himself and became obedient to the death of the cross. And then he tells us in Philippians 2, be like-minded, be obedient. In a season and in a nation where lawlessness abounds, you can find it everywhere. People doing their own thing, lovers of selves more than lovers of God. But children of God have learned obedience. Rebellion is one of the most frightening things to me that I've ever seen. It's like witchcraft. I've watched people under the spell, under the delusion of rebellion. They think they're right. They have superior knowledge. No one will convince them otherwise. They are deceived in their own minds. And I've watched people like that make shipwrecks of their lives and other lives. We need, it's a test of character. We, we've got to refuse rebellion, embrace obedience. Paul said, follow me as I follow the Lord. If we can't follow a man following God, then we better check which way we're walking. Amos said that God took him from following the footsteps of the flock to be the prophet of Israel. I believe that only those who know how to follow know how to lead. And obedience in small areas opens up opportunities in large areas. And the fifth and final question to reveal character in our lives. Do you and I have the power to see it through? Mm. There's not much difference between the person who perseveres and the one who doesn't, not charisma, talents, and abilities. It's just a matter of character and integrity. The person will say, by God's grace, I'm going through. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let the name of Jesus Christ fall in the mud. I'm not going to let the cross of Jesus Christ and the banner of victory fall. I'm going to carry it forward. Do you remember that time when men came to Nehemiah and said, they're coming to kill you tonight. You better go hide in the temple. And Nehemiah responded, should a man such as I flee? In other words, what would that say of who I am? I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. No matter what comes, character matters to me. A lot of people focus on beginnings, having the right advantages, knowing the right people, name recognition. But you know, the Bible focuses more on how you finish than how you begin. Be faithful to the end. You get to the end of Paul's life. He said, there's four things about life you need to know. Life is a journey. The time of my departure is at hand. Life is a battle. I fought a good fight. Life is a race. I finished my course. And life is a legacy. I've kept the faith. If anyone could have given up, Paul could have. He started out wrong. He put Christians to death. He was ostracized, held at arm's length, five times beaten with 39 stripes, three times beaten with rod, once stoned and left for dead, three times suffered shipwreck, a night and the day, floating in the deep, perils of waters, robbers, friends, strangers, weary, hungry, thirsty, and a thorn in the flesh. But he must have remembered what Jesus told that apostle of grace who reached him, Ananias. I will show Paul how much he will suffer for my name's sake. I stood in the tomb where Paul was allegedly incarcerated, and I just thought, God, if he saw it through, so can I. So can I. Character will survive, and character will always be revealed. I'm saying in the year of 2021, we need a revival of character.
character. And you know you have character by the answers, the affirmative answers you can give to these five questions. Can I keep first things first? Can I keep a right spirit? Am I obedient? Am I content? And can I see it through? Do you think you can do those things on your own? Think think again. We couldn't answer any of those questions in the affirmative without the yay and the amen in our lives. The one who called himself the yes, the Lord Jesus Christ. We need him at work around the roots in the unseen man to bring the fruit. Otherwise, nothing but thorns and thistles, the emblems in the garden for the wages of sin. No, we can't do anything about our skin color. It's a given. For some, it's a great trial. For others, it's an unperceived blessing. But for all, we can see a revival of character in our day. I wish every one of us would just commit. I'm saying goodbye to thorns and thistles. I'm going to embrace the goodness and the character of God deep in my soul. And I'm going to see a revival of character in my own life. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this. Share. Would you take a moment, share this with others, but also just drop a note out to the side. Drop a note and say, pray for me or I'm praying for you, encouraging one another. I just believe, I just believe that there is a depth of character within us that can be tapped. And we're going to see the fruit of the spirit, not thorns and not thistles and not the works of the flesh. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of Morning Devotion. Share with others. I look forward to seeing those of you at First Church tonight, service tonight. Looking forward to first Wednesday worship. I'll be ministering and look forward to seeing the rest of you tomorrow morning. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.